Amen. What a wonderful time of worship. Wasn't that good? We could stand here and say hallelujahs and just worship the Lord. Surely God is pleased with the worship of His people. Thank you, Lord, for visiting us this morning, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here this morning, Lord. For many hearts that are online, we pray, God, that your message and your words will touch their lives this morning. Whatever the cry of our hearts, whatever the desires of our spirit is crying this morning, Lord, may you hear it, Lord, and may you reach down and touch it, Lord. In your most precious name we pray. And everybody say, Amen, Amen. Give, give them a round of applause. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Only two? I see about 40, but two responded. Anyway, I'm better than Jesus. He healed 10, one only came back. Did you notice the ratio? There's a ratio in there. If you study math, you know. But this morning, we are here to worship the Lord. Amen. Singing, preaching are secondary. The real primary purpose is we are here to be with the Lord. Amen? When you visit your son or when your son and daughter-in-law visit you, it's not about the food, it's about the presence. Hallelujah? If food is important, I can eat outside. It's about the gathering, the coming together, the exchanging of fellowship that makes that moment precious. Amen? And I pray this morning, your moment will be precious. Not because of the songs, not because of the preaching, but most importantly, the King is here with you. Amen. I grew up under the era of Elvis Presley. And every time they say, the King has left the building. I tell you, Jesus never left the building. Amen. God is good? Are you awake? You slept late, you came late already. Hallelujah. You know, I... How many of you watch the news on TV this few days? All the channels, six, no, seven, nine, ten, and others, ABC, BBC, CBC, whatever channel, all of it is carrying the passing away of Queen Elizabeth. 70 years in rulership. I was one year old when she went up to be the queen. 70 years I lived under her rule. But she's passed away and they're preparing a massive, massive funeral that the world has never seen. The security requirements in London is so high. We've got all the world leaders, some people like, some people don't like, are there. They've got 10,000 security police just in the city of London. Why? For one queen. Amen? And then I hear people crying, so I said, she died, why you cry? I, I don't know her personally, but I feel sad for the family. But people were crying. People were emotional. People had so much. People said so many good things. You know, when you die, huh, then people say good things. True or not? When you are alive, they don't even say one thing. They don't tell, they're not telling the queen. The queen can't hear. They're telling themselves how good they are. But anyway, you see the crowds there. They are all packing in 
to see the coffin, the laying instead. The coffin is so high up. You saw? Do you see? High up, security, the royal family around. People are lining up. There's a family who lined up 40 hours. How many days? Three and a half days almost. Three days plus. Lining up just to pass and look at the coffin and say, bye-bye queen. You cannot stop and take photo. You cannot stop and talk to her. The, this, just line pass. Bye-bye queen. See you next time. I see you in heaven. Just that. Line up 40 hours. Come off it, man. How to go toilet? How to eat? How to do all the basic needs? 40 hours. You know, the irony of it is this. Huh? That whole event has all the cameras of the world on it. You can sit down at home and see. True or not? You can sit down and put Coca-Cola, whatever, la, and then you sit down. You can watch. Why do people line up 40 hours to pass there? I realized this, huh? I shared this morning. It's better to be on site than online. Think about it. True or not? On site, there's a different synergy, different dynamics. The feeling, the atmosphere is dynamite. Maybe church goers, on site, tops. Online, drop away. Eh? Good to come together. We all fellowship. You know, the coming together, human bodies around, there's a different synergy that come out. Your body movement, your body reaction, all adds to the synergy in the room. People from around the world are going there. What would happen if one day I come to church and when I park my car, I see you all lining up. Pastor Michel, I waited from 6 o'clock yesterday. Hallelujah. The neighbors outside will ask, what's going on? You know, people will be curious. Eh? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Jesus is coming. Maybe we have lost the zeal, the zest, and the excitement for God. Some of us come late. I have a church member who constantly said it. Pastor Mr. it's okay. The announcement is not important. Worship, I like to hear the preaching. And I always told him, listen, come in. At the time you come in, at the time you go, everything is important. Don't choose. So I told him, you got four fingers. Keep one, cut three, throw away. Say, no good. He said, cannot. I need all. I said, likewise, you need all the activities and the service when you come. Because each has a part in dealing with you. That's why when I preach, I like to joke. Sometimes people need a bit of humor. Some of them are going through a difficult life the whole week. Some of them are just on the verge of giving up. Just, or sometimes Christianity, just bang, 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 bang. Headache, huh? There must be a sense of humor. Something We need all the different input to help us. Amen? Amen? Don't scold me after that, please. Huh? I love you guys. I enjoy being with you guys. I enjoy being with Pastor August. We have been friends for a long time. Sometimes we talk, sometimes we don't talk for a long time. Yeah, yeah. No, friendship is not everyday meeting. That kills the friendship. Every day, see my face, see your face. Wow, susah. <laughs> but 
friendship is in the heart. Hallelujah. Amen. And I, I hope this morning you will enjoy. We are continuing our series on 1 Samuel. Have you read this morning's portion? 1 Samuel 13, 1 to 15. It's a beautiful part, a lesson in goal for leaders. A lesson in goal for us to learn. Because one of the things, the Old Testament is for us to learn things that we don't repeat history. Families, you come from a broken family. When you have a family, make sure you don't repeat that brokenness in there. We are to break the bondage. I grew up, my dad, a German, six feet seven, 257 pounds. Big boy. My uncle is almost seven feet. My mother is a small little one, Portuguese woman, eh? My mom, my dad's German, mom is Portuguese. My father grew up with a, he didn't drink milk, he drink beer. Germans. Yeah, every day. The glass bigger. When I was young, I can't hold the glass. So big. He loves beer. His barrel looked like a beer barrel. He loved. But he had one streak in him. When he drinks, he gets violent. And sometimes, he won't beat my mom, but he will beat the wall. I sometimes, I always tell my father, are you stupid? You cannot win the wall. But he hammers the wall. And because of his drinking, my mom and my dad separated. And because of the separation, five of us, we were ten in the family, five of us stayed with my father, five of us developed drinking. I used to drink when I was 14 years old. My father, no coffee. What coffee? No. He, he will, at home, make his own German beer. My father is an expert. Huh? Germans love to brew their own beer and they drink. And we grew up. When I became a Christian and I got married, I prayed with my wife the night we got, I knelt down with her on the bed and said, Lord, we will not reproduce that lifestyle in our family. We bind in the name of Jesus that we break that curse. We remove the curse from our hearts that we won't transfer to our kids. Because it's bondages, you know. Be careful. So you and I who are called by God, remember, our first assignment is to take care of ourselves before we take care of others. That's why I could work with drug addicts. I could work on the street. I would never fall for drugs. I broke that bondage when I came to know the Lord. I used to smoke 100 over sticks of cigarettes a day. I'm a law investigating officer. I do criminal investigations. I burn more than I smoke. <laughs> Just burn. Because you're stressed. Honestly, it's a stress. Stressful. So, hey, why goes almost together? They say you're burning. So stressful. The two difficult things for me to give up was smoking and fighting. Because my father is a violent guy. Every day I see him. Like David and Goliath, I'm, Go I'm David, he Goliath. When I go, I mean, and for 40 years today, I'm 44 years as a Christian pastor. I don't smoke, I don't drink. Sometimes I get angry, but I know where to turn to. Because you know why? Bondages begin from the day you're born. What your parents talk, how your parents react, what your family do, it's inculcated, embedded into your kids and they grow up. So don't say, I cannot, you can. Whether you want or don't want, amen? That's another sermon. But I'll go to Samuel. In this portion of... Amen. In this portion of... I love this portion because it talks of a great man, King Saul. 
king. Israel had no king, only one Messiah. But the people saw the neighboring countries got king. You know what they did? They went and petitioned to God. Hey God, why they got king? We can't get one. But why you want a king? Because they got king. Have you ever talked that way? Pastor, how come they got, I don't get? Huh? You know, there's a greed in us. If somebody got something, I also want. But it's not going to help you, but I also want. They asked. And God said, huh, since you want, since you ask, I give you. What a good God. Huh? You want a king? I give you. I give you one called Saul. Saul didn't apply for kingship. Well, listen, no application. God spoke to Samuel. Do you know God speaks to your leaders to speak to you? Always go back to the source. Huh? God spoke to Samuel. Samuel, go there, meet this bloke, talk to him, anoint him as king. Then Samuel said, how would I know? He's big size, this good looking, oh, is he just like me? Easy, look at him. Amen. Hey, how come you dreaming he didn't say amen? <laughs> he had a nice stature, pretty big. And so Samuel went and did met up with Saul, told him everything and said, the Lord has anointed you. Listen, the Lord not ordained or selected. The Lord anointed you as king of Israel. However, don't do anything. I'm going away. I'll come back and then we will do whatever we have to do. Huh? Read. Go back and you read the 15 verses. Samuel said, yes, yes. And Saul said, yes, yes, yes. And so he was anointed. Listen. Anointed is the highest. That means you become of all of God's kingdom, you are his representative. Like the, what, the, what they call it, the British government, they have what, satellite countries around the world. The queen was the sovereign head of all. Even Australia, we have a governor, we have a prime minister, but the queen has a sovereign headship over it because of her position. And so Saul was anointed king. What a big title. Saul had everything that needed to be a king except one. He had every physical requirement except one. And so he became the king. This chapter starts on the second year of his kingship. Only two years, huh? He was 30 years old. Suddenly, as he became king, position changes your perspective. Think about it, all those in leadership, management, uh, position changes perspective. Before you are up, you plan, I want to do this, I'll do that. When I'm here, I do, when I did, everything you plan, perfect. But when the position comes in and power is given to you, oh, hallelujah, everything you forget. Think about it, I'm not joking, it's a very humanistic thing. Think about Scott Morrison. Huh? I'm not banging, backing. I, I like Scott Morrison. I had the opportunity to talk to him. Huh? When he came in, Prime Minister, the world and all the church leaders saluted our first Pentecostal Prime Minister of Australia. What a big title. Hey, don't give people big titles. Very hard to maintain, you know. You know what is the title of Jesus? What? Servant. Hello? Yes. Servant. I'm not the doctor, reverend Jesus of the archbishop. Nothing. Just servant. But his responsibility is more than everybody. 
Scott Morrison came in. Did well, he did the first year. But unknown to us, in that position and in all that fanfare, the real carnal man comes out. He did a lot of things that were not pleasing, not in accordance to his position. Later on, we find this has been done. So there's a question mark on his integrity. And now, nobody talk about him. Hello? When he went there, I sent him a letter. I typed out. I said, my dear brother in Christ. I said, I was all for you and I am still all for you. However, I said, as the Prime Minister, you let us down as Christian leaders, as the body of church of Christ, you let us down because of this, this, this. Position changes perspective. They change. You become a pastor or you become a leader. Keep focused to the Lord. You know, this morning, where's the morning, where's the guy, huh? The morning chairman who read the, oh, gone, the doctor. The doctor has left the house. The patients are here. He says, we trust in the Lord. Some trust in horses and chariots. We trust in the name of the Lord. Because why? The power for King David was in God, not in the number of horses and soldiers he had. Saul, in this chapter, when he became powerful, first thing he did, he was formed a big army, 3,000, 1,000 here, 1,000 there. He sent his son. Jonathan became his right-hand man. He was preparing for war. Why he was preparing for war, nobody know. The enemy, the Philistines, didn't disturb him. You know what it tells? I want to exert my authority. I want you to know who I am. True or not? When you get leadership, be careful. Don't exert. Huh? You know who I am. Huh? Don't play play. Huh? He exerted. And he made the biggest mistake. He didn't find out how much the enemy is. Like one day, I, there was a traffic accident. Huh? I went to help somebody. Nothing to do with me. I just capo. Huh? I went there and I, and then this guy started scolding me. I take you to court. I show you. And I look at him. Why you want to sue me for what? For helping him? He, he was talking law. Then I told my wife, which school of law he come? Huh? It's law all upside down law. He only know one or two words. He's talking law. So I told him. I said, mate, listen. Huh? I'm not interested in what law background you are. I'm here because I'm a witness. You're not happy, I'll see you in court. I said, however, before you go to court, take my card, go and find out who I am. I said, court is my playground. I'll hammer you in court, you'll never know tomorrow. Then he talked to me. He quiet, I saw when. Evening, he called me, he said, I'm very sorry. So don't underestimate people. Don't you, well, just because you got another mate in the car. Don't underestimate. Don't ever underestimate anything. Because a good leader is a listener. He listens first. He won't, you know, they say, don't put your trump card out. Keep your card first. How many of you play poker? Huh? You don't put your hand up. Huh? <laughs> so Saul made the mistake. He went together. And you know what he did? His leadership position got compromised. Instead of he attacking, Jonathan went and attacked the enemy. Jonathan went. Who gave the order? You will never find there. Leaders, when you follow your lead, people, when you follow your leaders, don't try to overtake. 
follower. Then, but you know what? Saul did, he claimed the victory. <laughs> and then the Bible says his name became a smelling fragrance. You know why? Now the enemy were targeting him. And then what happened? He ran to. When he realized they got so many people, what did they do? Hiding in the rocks. Hide. They went to hide. The king of Israel, the God anointed king. Come on, bro. What king? What king is that? He went, you know why? He realized he was going out not in the power of Jesus Christ or God. He was going out in his own strength. Amen? Somebody called me, Pastor Mister, can you help me start a church? Four days ago, Pastor Mister, can you help me start a church? I said, why me? He said, you got no church now? So I said, just because I got no church, you think I'm what, eligible to start a church? Huh? He said, I need somebody to help me start a church. I said, no, I don't start churches. I don't want to start church. I'm happy going around churches. Then I listened and I sat down with my wife and said, who are these joker things? Huh? Instead of asking God, he come and ask me. Pastor Mr. you come. I don't want. God didn't ask me to go there. God didn't ask me to do church. Can you come? Because you got nothing to do. Hey, oh, don't say like that. Very sad, you know. Every day I got work to do. He said, nothing to do. My value gone down, you know that. My stock's all gone down now. I said, what do you say? I got nothing to do. Then I said, no, no, I don't. So I listened and I said, no, people don't realize we do work in the name of the Lord. Churches are built not on my ego, not on my desire, not on my pocket, not on this, but in Him. So this morning, not on horses or chariots. That is not my strength. My strength is in Jesus Christ. Saul didn't think of that. And he went, and he went. He did everything. He stirred the enemy now. And then he realized they were stronger. He said, now I don't know what to do. Hide. You know, a lot of us Christians, when we start trouble, we don't know what to do, then we come to the Lord. Eh? Before that, what? Sombong. Huh. Talk also like a lawyer. You know, I always tease lawyers. I don't care if you're a lawyer. Yeah? When I was in law school, eh, they, we had a time and they asked me, why did you want to be a lawyer? Then I was thinking, what to answer? I'm the chairman of the Uni Debate Society. I'm supposed to have a good answer. Eh? I think, think, I said, hey, maybe when I was young, I like to tell lies. So now, cari makan, tell lies. Eh? <laughs> After that, my dean called me in. Eh? He gave me a hell of a scolding. You know. But, you know, I got nothing to say. <laughs> Just come out something. But, you know, let me ask you this. Why are you serving God? This morning, I brought this matter out. Are you serving God out of duty? Or are you serving God out of devotion? Get your facts right. Get your heart right. And then your work will come out right. Saul went in as a duty king to fulfill the duty of his kingship. Irregardless, he was the law. He was the man who gave that. He don't care about God already. And thus began the downfall of the first king of Israel. The lesson you can learn here is this. God can anoint you and God can remove you. 
the anointing on you is not a permanent, eternal thing. No, it's for you to perform the services to God. The day you stop serving God, it's gone. That's why I don't retire. I retire from church, but I still serve God. Because I don't want the anointing to go. The anointing is not from the church. The anointing is from God. The church is a placement where I can serve God with the anointing. That's why people say, hey, Pastor, you retired. I said, retired because I'm tired. Then start new one. But the anointing is there. Saul didn't realize. He thought he was going to be king forever and ever and ever. Little did he know that God put him up, God unscrew and remove him. And then the next thing he did was even worse. Samuel told him, wait for me, wait. Hey, how many of you, we all struggle with the word wait, huh? Wait how long? Wait, like, just wait. Why must I tell you how long? We have this problem as Christians. We cannot wait. We want now. Pronto, pronto, Lord, pronto. Now, 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 now. He said, wait. I'm the boss. You tell me. How many of you tell your boss, hey, hello, don't wait. Tell me quick what I want to do. You lose your job. Samuel told him, Saul, wait for me. I will be coming in seven days. But then there was a delay. It lasted Three more days became ten days. Saul, being a carnal king, said, since you're not here, I do whatever I can. I'll do. No need to wait for you. He went to do an offering, which in Old Testament is a priestly Levi function. You don't do. Now we can do, because now the New Testament, but those days, the Levites had the sacrificial anointing to do all the sacrifices. He went to do. And just as he's doing it, Samuel coming. Hello, Saul. What are you doing? I'm doing what you didn't do. Then Samuel said, why? You are so late. So the moral it is, uh, when I want something, pastor, I want now. But when I don't need, you know, one day somebody called me at 3 o'clock in the morning, pastor, he said, can you come now and pray for my mother? I said, why? She's not feeling well. And I said, can I come in the morning? What if in the morning she die? Well, now cannot answer already, huh? You play this type of game on me, I can't answer. But when I went there and looked at the mother, and my wife is a nurse, she says, minor, nothing major. But nevertheless, we went there, prayer. Going back already, not happy, so no, huh? sleep broken. Now four o'clock, by the time go back, sun coming. How to sleep? Then, Few weeks later, he was in East my church. So one day I asked him to do something. No, Pastor, can you wait? Now I'm thinking, you asked me, now I went. I asked you to do something for church, can you wait? So my heart wanted to put him in the corner and I said, don't, just let him go. Then I thought, many times when we are in need, we want now. When we are not in need, God can tell us, God, you go take a walk, wait for me. The demand is when I need. Saul couldn't wait. Hey church, wait upon the Lord, I tell you. They that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings like eagles. Hallelujah. God will mount you up. Don't be impatient. Impatient is a bad virtue. It's not a good virtue. Huh? So he went to do. He did a duty that angered God. Really angered God. One, you can die. You know, in the Old Testament, you do that, you can die. You touch the the 
things of God, you die. The tabernacle, you die. The ark of the covenant, you die. Because you're not a priestly person. But he did it. That alone angered God so much that God said, I'm going to remove him now. You know, church, don't anger God. Huh? You can anger your husband, your wife, okay. The most no food or what? Never mind. Don't anger God. He is, the Bible never says God never get angry. Don't listen to false preaching. Huh? The Bible says God is slow to anger. But he get angry. He, maybe he won't put four gear. Slowly drag one gear, two, then he, But he's slow and he will get angry. I know like parents, we say, I give you three. Huh? Three times I knock you on the head. Huh? God never give three. He just said, I'm slow to anger. If you keep pushing, you keep pushing, remember, I'm slow to anger. Huh? You know, in my church, when I retired, after 16 and a half years, they gave me the Avengers, you know, one of the models, you know what they gave me? The Hulk. I said, why you give me the Hulk? They said, one pastor, you so big like the Hulk. Two, you look very nice. When you're angry, you become green. Then, I asked my wife. She said, yeah. Then my center son, he also, Daddy, you are the, when you are angry, you look worse than the Hulk. I said, bro, give me a chance a bit. Huh? Because I'm not, if you know me, I'm a jovial, but there's a point when I, I actually get angry when people lie. One thing I can't handle, I come from a law background. I cannot take lies. Even my own kids know. Huh? I can't take lies. Two, I cannot take when people try to abuse another person. Maybe I'm a champion for the underdogs, I don't know. But I feel we shouldn't bully. I don't like bullying people. Eh? Whether intellectually, verbally. I just don't like bullying people. It's not, God has never called us to abuse people that way. Eh? And so that angers me. But don't worry, I never got angry for a long time. When I'm angry, I go for a walk 10 kilometers. Eh? Then I scold. No? I scold the tree, I scold the leaves, I scold the stone. Whatever comes on me, I scold. But Saul pushed God to the limit. You know, there's a limit where God acts because God is a just God, righteous God. He cannot let it go on. And so, he removed Saul. And then he brought shame. But you know, as I said, Saul had everything but one thing. Remember I told you that? Saul had all. David had nothing. Short man. Short man. Smell like the sheep. is a shepherd boy. His brothers look down on him. Education not as good as Saul. Nothing. Looking at David, he don't have the royalty features eh? or the regal features. He looked an ordinary guy. But David had one thing Samuel, well, Saul never had. You know what was that? In these verses, he said, David had a heart after the Lord. David had no external good, but internally, his heart was running after God. He chased God with his own heart. And God said, I want that man, because he's a man after my heart. The moral and the principles we can learn is, don't serve God with your qualifications. God don't need your qualification. You think your brain, where do you get? Your mother and father gave you? God gave you. God gave you. You know, in my church not too long ago, we had a girl, 30 years old, just passed all her exams of a doctor going out to be a registrar the next day. 
came to my house for lunch with me and my wife and another friend. She sat down at 4 o'clock afternoon and then she was going to visit her auntie. She's from overseas. On the way, reached the house, she collapsed and died. Aneurysm. In my house, she was laughing and she told me, this is her last words in my house. Pastor Mishra, when I go back to work, she said, I'm on leave now. I'm going to look after you because you have a lot of medical issues. I said, oh, thank you. I thought she joking. On f- at, when she left, about 6.30, they called us. She died. Of, can you imagine how good God is? She didn't die in my house. She didn't die while she's driving. She would have killed other people. She reached her auntie's house. She sat down. She said, I'm, I don't feel well. I got a headache. Pop down. Aneurysm. Watch your life. You don't know where your life going, friend. Watch your life. I really did. When I went to the graveyard, I broke my heart. Young girl, 30, single, yet haven't got into a relationship. She loved medicine. She gave her heart and soul and every bit of her to develop her skills. You don't know your life, right? So remember, when God bless you, bless Him back with the best of your life. Amen? Just give Him back. Don't compete. You know, we are Asians. I know. I claim myself to be Asian. Huh? My kids say, Daddy, you're German. Don't say Asian. I say, I'm an Asian German. Huh? We like to compare. That's why, to be honest, when I came to Australia in 97, I told my kids and my wife, my kids are not going to an Asian school. I'm not anti-Asian. Don't get me wrong. I send them to a white school. But I said my kids will go to an Asian church. You know why? I want to give them the best of both worlds. If they're going to live here long, I want them to know the Aussie culture. If they're going to grow up and make a life and career and family, I want them. I don't want us to go back to that hole where we have our own little things going around. And, no, my kids all grew up in an Aussie school. We had, I pastored an Asian, uh, Asian church with a lot of mixtures, uh, Indian, Aussies, uh, what Filipinos and the whole works, uh, UN. I call them the United Nations. Uh. But why? Because I wanted them to develop holistically. You know, God's call on our life is to be holistic. Know my law, know your abilities. Do your duty well, not do your duty according to your devotion. I ask, always I ask, just I ask the worship, why do you sing? Why? You know, I always, this is me, eh? I mean, I ask people, I say, why do you really serve God? Then some people, don't know, ah, that's very dangerous. If you don't know, it's dangerous, huh? Eh? Why are you driving there? I don't know. Then you will die. <laughs> True. Why are you driving? I don't know. Hey, be careful. I, I'm going to go out of the car then. Huh? You must have, like, I feel, just like talking, where's the little girl? Ah, sounds exactly like Rebecca. I went to her and I asked her just now. I said, you sound like Rebecca, you know? Huh? <laughs> really? If I close my eyes, I thought Rebecca's singing. And then, so see, God gives us a develop and nurture what God gave you with this intent. To please your heart. David was a man. Lord, I'll do anything to please your heart. What do you want me to do? Be a shepherd, I will. Bring Goliath to fight. I fought Goliath. How many of us were going to fight a Goliath? Pleasing. Saul did everything for his ego. Are you serving God for ego? I like to tell people straight. If you know me, I'm straightforward. I shoot from the waist, but I'm very straight. I don't like to dodgy. I'm not a dodgy guy. Eh? No, don't play dodgy now. I can read you. One of my major is criminology. I'm a criminologist by training. 
I can read body language. I can sit down with you. I can tell you what is going through. Because I studied body movement. And I don't like when people don't tell me the truth. If you, I'll help you. I put 28 years helping drug addicts on the street. 28 years with no income. Huh? I just help them. I do pro bono. I do anything they want. And I tell you, I feel they are more truthful than some Christians in church. Saul tried to deny. When Dave and Samuel caught him, what he said, you didn't come. You see how he put the blame? Because of you, Samuel. You didn't come and then I got to tr into trouble. But Samuel said, no, I warned you. I told you. I told you. Maybe we are people who don't listen to instructions. Eh? Or we people, we ask, no, why? Why cannot do? When kids are growing up, they come to a certain age, everything is why, why, why cannot, why, why? I always tell my kids, where do you learn all this? Why? Daddy, we say, come go out, why go out? Then eat this, why eat this? They say, hey, hello, just eat, why, 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 why? What a big company you work for, why, 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 why? They go, actually, it's an age of inquisitiveness. They're exploring, why? That's where as parents, we feed them. They're like a bird, quick, 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 quick. You feed, you feed the good things. Samuel told him as a king and he didn't listen. If you as a leader can't take instruction, you cannot give instruction. Isn't that true? You love me? Smile a bit? <laughs> I love you. You know, I always check myself on that. I'm a law person. Sometimes I think, I, think I, I think I know a lot of things. And then my wife would say, sit down, sit down. You're not smart, huh? You think you're smart. I said, no, no, I have to think smart. If I don't think smart, I'm Bodo. I have to. But she said, <laughs> Bodo is stupid. <laughs> Sorry. No, I said, but sometimes we let our smartness get the better of our life. And then it displays our stupidity. Think about it. Sometimes we, so I, my wife, thank God for my wife. She's the only one who will tell me off and all, huh? Then my kids, when my wife tell me of them, they were champion. Yeah, daddy, you see, you see? I also, hey, hello. I say, you keep quiet. Huh? You don't champo pastor, don't come inside. Huh? But friend, you got a pastor. I always tell young people, you know, I'm, my major is young people I work with. is learn to learn from your leaders. Learn to learn from your leaders. Because they are there to learn. Learn. The day your leader is gone, you got no more learning. While you have learned to learn from them. And then you pick up the good. Slowly, you'll develop your own mind as a leader. You know what is good and what is bad. No need to go to Bible school. No need to go, you know, you know this is wrong. Why? Because I was under my pastor and this is the teachings. I develop a value system from what I learned. You want to be good leaders? Be learners. I still learn. Huh? I love reading. Pa Agus used to be, oh, I've got books at home donated by Pa Agus Budiman. Every time we go to Kurong, right? By, and I love him because reading opened up my mind to other. Because all my life I've been reading the Bible when I got saved. Before that, I read the law books. I still got my law books at home, older than some of you. And now I read other books to give me, even in my later stage of life, a better holistic understanding of what God is doing. God is doing a lot of work. You know, when I was talking to the worship leader, I said, how long have you been here? I haven't seen you worshipping. He said, Pastor Pisa, I've been here a long time. But to me, it's 
What a revelation. Something new is coming. Every day, God is doing something new in someone's life. And every day, someone is disappointing God in his life. I pray, as you go back and you read this, and you learn from Saul's mistake, that you will not do the same mistake. You may not be a king or a queen, but you may be a leader. Someone asked me, what's the definition of leader? How many people do I need to have to lead? Do you know the, do you know the answer? One. The Bible says, one soul is saved. What happened? The heaven rejoice. The numerical of God's kingdom is one, not 1,000. Because 1,000 has got to do with ego. One. It's harder to save one than to preach to a crowd. Think about it. If today only here, I'm preaching. Hey, why preach all the chairs empty, man? But we got big crowd. Oh, synergy come. But it's one. And if you can touch one life, you are the leader of one life. And life is life. No one to Life is life. So remember, learn the value. What God has spoken into your heart, what your leaders have spoken, always abide. Keep that. Huh? Keep that. Don't go out. The best school of leadership is the church. Amen? Okay? Better stop. Don't scroll anymore, huh? After Pagus won't call me back. Come. But the last point I want to close is this. The last point I want to take from this, I want to summarize this. There's one thing I learned in this whole thing, that every one of us is a candidate for God's anointing. Think about it. Every one of us is a candidate. That means we have the potential. Are we preparing ourselves? Are we waiting upon the Lord for that day when whoop, He anoint you? Don't think only the educated or the... No, every... A king and a shepherd. The shepherd also can become king. So every one of us is a candidate of God's anointing. So dream big. Hallelujah. Dream big. The kingdom of God is big. Amen? Someday God will raise you up. Someday you will take over and you preach. We all candidates. Don't doubt. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Abba Father... You never fail any one of us, Lord. In the creation of humanity, Lord, your design, your purpose and plan was that we would become leaders in the kingdom of God. That we would lead souls back to you. That we would lead the lost back to you. That we would lead the broken back to you. That we would lead the hurting back to you. That the Christian family is called to lead the lost back to you, Lord. And I pray we never fail in that duty. Anoint each one of us with a special unction of your Holy Ghost this morning, Lord. That we would rise up in our hearts and say this, I am worthy to be used by the Lord. I am worthy to be used, Lord. My heart is geared and my heart pursues the heart of God. Bless each leader, Lord bless them. Keep them safe this week. Keep them safe at the long weekend. Keep them safe at the revival camp. May the winds of revival blow, blow through their lives. May they experience a revival in the kingdom of God. Bless pa August and Lily. I pray for my sister back in Indonesia. Lord, may your peace govern her heart. 
your, may your presence embrace her, Lord. And may you walk with her through this difficult time, Lord, to know, God, that you will not leave her alone. And I pray you bring her back safely, Lord. Restored, renewed, and ready, Lord, to revive and serve you, Lord. Bless this church in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen.